Section twenty one of the Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume seven. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume seven by Anonymous. Translated by Richard Francis Burton. Section twenty one. When it was the six hundred and ninety seventh night, she continued it hath reached me o auspicious king that when the youth came in to ibrahim and placed the gold in his hands saying prithee accept it and compose me an air to two couplets he replied recite them to me whereupon he recited by allah glance of mine thou hast oppressed my heart so quench the fire that burns my breast blames me the world because in him i live yet cannot see him till in shroud i rest accordingly quoth ibrahim i set the verses to an air plaintive as a dirge and sang it to him whereupon he swooned away and i thought that he was dead however after a while he came to himself and said to me repeat the air but i conjured him by allah to excuse me saying i fear lest thou die would heaven it were so replied he and ceased not humbly to importune me till i had pity on him and repeated it whereupon he cried out with a grievous cry and fell into a fit worse than before and i doubted not but that he was dead but i sprinkled rose-water on him till he revived and sat up i praised allah for his recovery and laying the ducats before him said take thy money and depart from me quoth he i have no need of the money and thou shalt have the like of it if thou wilt repeat the air my breast broadened at the mention of the money and i said i will repeat it but on three conditions the first that thou tarry with me and eat of my victual till thou regain strength the second that thou drink wine enough to hearten thy heart and the third that thou tell me thy tale he agreed to this and ate and drank after which he said i am of the citizens of al medina and i went forth one day a pleasuring with my friends and following the road to alakik saw a company of girls and amongst them a damsel as she were a branch pearled with dew with eyes whose sidelong glances were never withdrawn till they had stolen away his soul who looked on them the maidens rested in the shade till the end of the day when they went away leaving in my heart wounds slow to heal i returned next morning to send out news of her but found none who could tell me of her so i sought her in the streets and markets but could come on no trace of her wherefore i fell ill of grief and told my case to one of my kinsmen who said to me no harm shall befall thee the days of spring are not yet past and the skies show sign of rain whereupon she will go forth and i will go out with thee and do thou thy will his words comforted my heart and i waited till al-akik ran with water when i went forth with my friends and kinsmen and sat in the very same place where i first saw her we had not been seated long before up came the women like horses running for a wager and i whispered to a girl of my kindred say to yonder damsel quoth this man to thee he did well who spoke this couplet she shot my heart with shaft then turned on heel and flying dealt fresh wound and scarring wheel so she went to her and repeated my words to which she replied saying 
tell him that he said well who answered in this couplet the like of what so feelest thou we feel patience perchance swift cure our hearts shall heal i refrained from further speech for fear of scandal and rose to go away she rose at my rising and i followed and she looked back at me till she saw i had noted her abode then she began to come to me and i to go to her so that we foregathered and met often till the case was noised abroad and grew notorious and her sire came to know of it however i ceased not to meet her most assiduously and complained of my condition to my father who assembled our kindred and repaired to ask her in marriage for me of her sire who cried had this been proposed to me before he gave her a bad name by his assignations i would have consented but now the thing is notorious and i am loath to verify the saying of the folk then continued ibrahim i repeated the air to him and he went away after having acquainted me with his abode and we became friends now i was devoted to the barmacides so next time jafar bin yahya sat to give audience i attended as was my wont and sang to him the young man's verses they pleased him and he drank some cups of wine and said fie upon thee whose song is this so i told him the young man's tale and he bade me ride over to him and give him assurances of the winning of this wish accordingly i fetched him to jafar who asked him to repeat his story he did so and jafar said thou art now under my protection trust me to marry thee to her so his heart was comforted and he abode with us when the morning morrowed jafar mounted and went in to al-rashid to whom he related the story the caliph was pleased with it and sending for the young man and myself commanded me to repeat the air and drank thereto then he wrote to the governor of al-hijaz bidding him despatch the girl's father and his household in honourable fashion to his presence and spare no expense for their outfit so in a little while they came and the caliph sending for the man commanded him to marry his daughter to her lover after which he gave him an hundred thousand dinars and the father went back to his folk as for the young man he abode one of jafar's cup companions till there happened what happened whereupon he returned with his household to al medina may almighty allah have mercy upon their souls one and all and they also tell o auspicious king a tale of al-malik al-nasir and his wazir there was given to abu amir bin marwan a boy of the christians than whom never fell eyes on a handsomer al-nasir the conquering soldan saw him and said to abu amir who was his wazir whence come this boy replied he from allah whereupon the other wilt thou terrify us with stars and make us prisoner with moons abu amir excused himself to him and preparing a present sent it to him with the boy to whom he said be thou part of the gift were it not of necessity my soul had not consented to give thee away and he wrote with him these two couplets my lord this full moon takes in heaven of thee new birth nor can deny we heaven excelleth humble earth thee with my soul i please and oh the pleasant case no man error saw i who to give his soul prefereth 
the thing pleased al-nasr and he requited him with much treasure and the minister became high in favour with him after this there was presented to the wazir a slave-girl one of the loveliest women in the world and he feared lest this should come to the king's ear and he desire her and the like should happen as with the boy so he made up a present still costlier than the first and sent it with her to the king and shahrazad perceived the dawn of day and ceased to say her permitted say when it was the six hundred and ninety-eighth night she pursued it hath reached me o auspicious king that the wazir abu amir when presented with a beautiful slave-girl feared lest it come to the conquering king's ears and that the like should happen as with the boy so he made up a present still costlier than the first and sent it with her to his master accompanying it with these couplets my lord this be the sun the moon thou hadst before so the two greater lights now in thy heaven unite conjunction promising to me prosperity and kausar draught to thee and eden's long delight earth shows no charms by allah ranking as their third nor king who secondeth our conquering king in might wherefore his credit redoubled with al-nasr but after a while one of his enemies maligned him to the king alleging that there still lurked in him a hot lust for the boy and that he ceased not to desire him whenever the cool northern breezes moved him and to gnash his teeth for having given him away cried the king wag not thou thy tongue at him or i will shear off thy head however he wrote abu amir a letter as from the boy to the following effect o my lord thou knowest that thou wast all and one to me and that i never ceased from delight with thee albeit i am with the sultan yet would i choose rather solitude with thee but that i fear the king's majesty wherefore devise thou to demand me of him this letter he sent to abu amir by a little foot-page whom he enjoined to say this is from such a one the king never speaketh to him when the wazir read the letter and heard the cheating message he noted the poison draught and wrote on the back of the note these couplets shall man experience lectured ever care fool like to thrust his head in a lion's lair i'm none of those whose wits to love succumb nor witless of the snares my foes prepare wert thou my sprite i'd give thee loyally shall sprite from body sundered backwards fare when al-nasr knew of this answer he marvelled at the wazir's quickness of wit and would never again lend ear to aught of insinuations against him then said he to him how didst thou escape falling into the net and he replied because my reason is unentangled in the toils of passion and they also tell a tale of the rogueries of dalila the crafty and her daughter zainab the coney catcher there lived in the time of harun al-rashid a man named ahmad al-danaf and another hasan shuman hight the twain passed masters in fraud and feints who had done rare things in their day wherefore the caliph invested them with captains of honour and made them captains of the watch for baghdad ahmad of the right hand and hasan of the left hand and appointed to each of them a stipend of a thousand dinars a month and forty stalwart men to be at their bidding 
moreover to calamity ahmad was committed the watch of the district outside the walls so ahmad and hassan went forth in company of the emir khalid the wali or chief of police attended each by his forty followers on horseback and preceded by the crier crying aloud and saying by command of the caliph none is captain of the watch of the right hand but ahmad al danaf and none is captain of the watch of the left hand but hassan shuman and both are to be obeyed when they bid and are to be held in all honour and worship now there was in the city an old woman called dalila the wily who had a daughter named zainab the conny-catcher they heard the proclamation made and zainab said to dalila see o my mother this fellow ahmad al danaf he came hither from cairo a fugitive and played the double dealer in baghdad till he got into the caliph's company and is now become captain of the right hand whilst that mangy chap hassan shuman is captain of the left hand and each hath a table spread morning and evening and a monthly wage of a thousand dinars whereas we abide unemployed and neglected in this house without estate and without honour and have none to ask of us now the lila's husband had been town captain of baghdad with a monthly wage of one thousand dinars but he died leaving two daughters one married and with a son by name ahmad al-lakit or ahmad the abortion and the other called zainab a spinster and this dalila was a past mistress in all manner of craft and trickery and double dealing she could wile the very dragon out of his den and iblis himself might have learnt deceit of her her father had also been governor of the carrier pigeons to the caliph with a sold of one thousand dinars a month he used to rear the birds to carry letters and messages wherefore in time of need each was dearer to the caliph than one of his own sons so zainab said to her mother up and play off some feint and fraud that may haply make us notorious and shahrazad perceived the dawn of day and ceased saying her permitted say when it was the six hundred and ninety-ninth night she resumed it hath reached me o auspicious king that zainab thus addressed her dam up and play off some feint and fraud which may haply make us notorious in baghdad so perchance we shall win our father's stipend for ourselves replied the old trot as thy head liveth o my daughter i will play off higher class rogueries in baghdad than ever played calamity ahmad or hassan the pestilent so saying she rose and threw over her face the lisam veil and donned clothes such as the poorer sufis wear petticoat trousers falling over her heels and a gown of white wool with a broad girdle she also took a pitcher and filled it with water to the neck after which she set three dinars in the mouth and stopped it up with a plug of palm fibre then she threw round her shoulder baldric wise a rosary as big as a load of firewood and taking in her hand a flag made of party-coloured rags red and yellow and green went out crying allah allah with tongue celebrating the praises of the lord whilst her heart galloped in the devil's race-course seeking how she might play some sharping trick upon town she walked from street to street till she came to an alley swept and watered and marble paved where she saw a vaulted gateway 
with the threshold of alabaster and a moorish porter standing at the door which was of sandalwood plated with brass and furnished with a ring of silver for knocker now this house belonged to the chief of the caliph's sergeant ushers a man of great wealth in fields houses and allowances called the emir hassan shar al tariq or evil of the way and therefore called because his blow forewent his word he was married to a fair damsel katun hight whom he loved and who had made him swear on the night of his going in unto her that he would take none other to wife over her nor lie abroad for a single night and so things went on till one day he went to the divan and saw that each emir had with him a son or two then he entered the hammam bath and looking at his face in the mirror noted that the white hairs in his beard overlay its black and he said in himself will not he who took thy sire bless thee with a son so he went in to his wife in angry mood and she said to him good evening to thee but he replied get thee out of my sight from the day i saw thee i have seen naught of good how so quoth she quoth he on the night of my going in unto thee thou madest me swear to take no other wife over thee and this very day i have seen each emir with a son and some with two so i minded me of death and also that to me hath been vouchsafed neither son nor daughter and that whoso leaveth no male hath no memory this then is the reason of my anger for thou art barren and knowing thee is like planing a rock cried she allah's name upon thee indeed i have worn out the mortars with beating wool and pounding drugs and i am not to blame the barrenness is with thee for that thou art a snub-nosed mule and thy sperm is weak and watery and impregnateth not neither getteth children said he when i return from my journey i will take another wife and she my luck is with allah then he went out from her and both repented of the sharp words spoken to each other now as the emir's wife looked forth of her lattice as she were a bride of the hordes for the jewellery upon her behold there stood dalila espying her and seeing her clad in costly clothes and ornaments said to herself twould be a rare trick o dalila to entice yonder young lady from her husband's house and strip her of all her jewels and clothes and make off with the whole lot so she took up her stand under the windows of the emir's house and fell to calling aloud upon allah's name and saying be present o ye walis ye friends of the lord whereupon every woman in the street looked from her lattice and seeing a matron clad after sufi fashion in clothes of white wool as she were a pavilion of light said allah bring us a blessing by the agents of this pious old person from whose face issueth light and katun the wife of the emir hassan burst into tears and said to her handmaid get thee down o makbulah and kiss the hand of sheikh abu ali the porter and say to him let yonder religious enter to my lady so haply she may get a blessing of her so she went down to the porter and kissing his hand said to him my mistress telleth thee let yonder pious old woman come in to me so may i get a blessing of her and belike her benediction may extend to us likewise and shahrazad perceived the dawn of day and ceased to say her permitted say End of section twenty one.
Recording by Maricel Cui.